Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song It's a good song, just as it should song American Brews and Tunes Shibbity Beaverdow Whoa, 2020! 2020? What up, 2020? It is here. It is. The next The next year is here. Yes, 2020. Just like my vision. I wish I had 2020 vision. You have 2020 vision in spirit. In spirit? Yeah. <laughs> honorary. Just not actually. You have honorary 2020 vision. That's why I got these specs on my head. Yeah. Spec specifications. <laughs> specification glasses. Oh, Spectacles. man. Welcome to a new year with American Brews and Tunes. Yes, welcome. My name is Stephen Johnston. And my name is Jesse Titus. Wow, it's good to be back. It is good to be back. It's been a while. It has been. A little while. Um, we're back for episode 88. 88. And technically 89 since we're splitting up our reviews. Instead yes. of doing two reviews in one episode, we're just going to do one review an episode. Yeah. Um, and like we do on repeating numbers, i.e. 88... Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to go back to bands that we've already reviewed. Yep. Um, which are, on this episode, Animal Collective's album, Strawberry Jam. And on next episode, Bayside's album, Killing Time. Yeah, so look out for next week when we do that Bayside's Killing Time. But yes. for this this week, we're all about the Animal Collective. We're all about Animal Collective this week. And we're all about Strawberry Jam. Yeah, so that's something else. That's <laughs> definitely something else. Anyways, this is your uh, new favorite album, right? Um, somebody might say that, <laughs> not me. I don't like to put words in anyone's mouth, including my own. <laughs> it just happens. <laughs> but I'll I'll get all about what I think about that in a minute. Yeah. First Until gotta, then, let's uh, gotta start drinking a beer. Yeah, twenty twenty is all about new beers, and yeah. this isn't a new beer. But it's new for us. <laughs> yeah, I've never had it before. Um, it's from the brewery Fatheads. Wow. Oh, ooh. Ah. Up there in Pittsburgh. It's actually in Ohio. Oh, really? Uh, yes, but they they do some brewing in Pittsburgh. Okay. And they have a tap room in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Right yeah, in yeah. Sasside. Um, <laughs> and they got the best burgers. I had, really? I went there once and I had something called the Quadruple Bypass. That sounds like a heart attack. Yeah, it <laughs> almost was. Uh, it was like burger, but it also on top of it had I think bacon, ham, and pulled pork, something along those oh lines. Oh, gosh. I don't remember if I finished the whole thing. I don't think I did. I don't know if you can expect someone to finish that thing, unless you look exactly at the guy in this can. You, you could. Um, if you've ever had any of their brews, you know exactly who we're talking about. It's this one guy who's got a mustache, and he's always wearing sunglasses. Um, he's a real jolly-looking guy. He does look pretty happy. Um, I don't he know looks if he's like if, uh, if Mario the Plumber, you guys know who I'm talking about, Mario the Plumber. Here if he if he were to like start balding and get like eat Large. a couple too many mushrooms and, and drink a lot would, of beer, <laughs> he would drink a lot of beer. This would be him. He's got yeah. a mustache. He's bald. He's got three or four chins. Definitely <laughs> multiple. He's jolly though. And yeah. on, on all their beers, they they dress him up differently. Um, their biggest known beer is the. Uh, the Headhunter. That's Head their, Hunter, their yep. main yep. flagship IPA. What we're having today is the Hop Juju. Hop Juju. Um, it's a lot harder to find. I believe they only brew it once a year. Um, it's won tons of awards. Yeah, I'm excited to try um, this. I've... Gold medal 2013-2015 at uh, whatever the craft beer festival is. Gold medal at the World Beer Cup in 2016. It's a, a very good beer. Hard to find. I was 
lucky to find some in Pittsburgh when I was up there for Christmas. Yeah. Um, here's the description. It says, This supernatural brew possesses powerhouse of hops, creating aromas of citrus, pine, and tropical fruits with a juicy, raisin, resiny finish. Witchcraft? Maybe just a hint. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's uh, it's a little on the high craft side, clocking in at 9%. 9%, okay. That's still not terrible, though. And the IBU level? 100 100 exactly so it's to the max all right um i am i am definitely excited about this um this beer i haven't had too many beers from from fatheads um but i know uh whenever you go back to pittsburgh you always say like oh we went to fat uh fatheads got some beer there and you always say it's fantastic so i'm excited to try it, it is. have you had the headhunter i think Head, maybe headhunter. when we were still in college i might have had it once then mm. Yeah, but I can't remember exactly. I guess I could look it up on Untapped. But yeah, there, they have another brew that's that's fairly popular. It's called the Bumbleberry. I think it's it's not my favorite. I think it's a wheat ale that's got like blueberries and honey. Cheryl loves it. That is a beer that Cheryl would love. Yeah. It, it's very good in the summer if you get a real cold one on a hot day. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, but I got this all poured up, and I don't know if you can smell the hops already. I cannot. But can I you? can. Oh yeah. It smells like hop galore. Hop galore. Here, let me pass you a glass. That could be a new uh, Batman villain. Hop galore. Wait, Bond? Hop galore. Yeah, it'll be Bond. Yeah. It could be Batman, too. They have yeah. funny names. You get it? Oh, nice yeah. Hoppy it smells whiff. really good. Yeah. yeah. It's actually surprisingly bubbly and, like, very, very clear. Yeah. It's not so hazy. this is obviously not a New England-style IPA. No, it's it's aggressive. It doesn't smell smelling. like one either. Yeah. It's, it smells like a good, aggressive Yes, it smells very IPA. good. Shall we give it the uh, the old Let's one two and give it our little cheers? Cheers and try, as we always say on American Brews and Tunes. Cheers, down the twenty twenty hatch. Mm. It's very crisp and clean at first. Actually, the whole way through, it's crisp and clean, and it's it hoppy, but it's not crisp. Yeah, it's not overpowering, Mm-mm. especially for a hundred IBUs. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely see. I think I can taste the hundred IBUs. It's there, but it doesn't taste as like aggressive as some of the other hot, like hundred plus IBU beers. Yeah, the the hot bitterness though definitely lingers on your palate for a long time. It is nice. It's still there right now. Yeah, I like this one quite a bit. Yeah, and like I, like I've said before about some flavors of hop, um, the way hops smell, this is like this is exactly how they they, ta- they taste. They, this tastes this how tastes hops exactly smell. how they smell yeah that's that's a good way to phrase it's it. kind of a isn't that a weird like su- a way to phrase it though or a weird concept yeah it Some is things taste how they smell sometimes but it makes sense i guess so yeah i mean that it's actually not weird oh <laughs> I, when i think about it that sh- it should taste how it smells right yeah i guess i mean it's not always the case obviously like but candy though yeah or like gum bubble gum um like like we always do um We'll let you know if the beer changes flavor, if we perceive it differently as it warms up. That typically happens. Um, The flavors kind of expose themselves, if you will, as it warms up. We'll let you know if that happens. Otherwise, uh, you want to dive into Animal Collective? Strawberry Jam? Let's open up that jar of Smuckers and dive right in. Oh, Smuckers. Um, With a name like Smuckers, it has to be good. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and uh, just start this off with a paraphrase. I watched a YouTube video called 
how to get into Animal Collective. (laughs) Um, And I'm paraphrasing what this guy said. He said there are two types of people. Those who hate Animal Collective and those who used to hate Animal Collective. (laughs) And I completely understand what he means. Uh, We'll get back to that later. That's pretty funny. Um, But just some some little little brief uh, things about this album. It came out before Meriwether Post Pavilion, which is the Mm -hmm. previous album that I reviewed. Yep. Um, and I want to say that Meriwether Post Pavilion is more accessible than this one. A little more hmm. polished sounding, a little more... It's less a- abrasive, it's less aggressive It's definitely more sounding. polished sounding. That's, yeah. a good, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, this album uses lots of experimental instrumentation, some weird arrangements and structures. Tons of electronic instruments. Yes. All over the board. A lot. A lot of things that I don't know what the sounds are, but they're there. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's definitely influence from minimalism here, which I'm not too terribly fond of, but yep. oh well, you know. They were, and they definitely <laughs> used it. I know you're a big minimalism fan. Yeah, I don't even know if you would. You can definitely call it minimalism, but it's almost just uh, like repetition, of, yeah. like the repeating of things. Not pure minimalism by like yeah, like what's that guy's still, name? John. Their, their their songs are still like John very, Cage, John Cage, or Philip Glass, Philip Glass. or not not as uh, traditional traditionally minimalist as those composers. Name? Steve Reich. I, um, but yeah, no, their their melodies in this album and in Mary with the Post Pavilion. Oh yeah, there's definitely are still very melodic and still agreed. Uh, still very agreed. Um, catchy and not minimalistic at all. This album's only nine songs long, which is fairly short. But for some really dumb reason, it's almost forty five <laughs> minutes long. <laughs> uh, like there's many songs over five minutes and songs over six minutes. Yeah. Yoy. Yeah. Hey, you can't you can't say that anymore because you recommended me. Albums with songs longer than that, too. But they were good. Yeah. <laughs> they were really... They were. Uh, I shouldn't speak in such terms. Um, Pitchfork, which is usually a very harsh um, journal. I don't know what you call it. A rev- That's like a magazine, isn't it? Magazine like of some sort. Online, online magazine. Um, they're very critical of music. Yeah. Um, they like One of their first reviews was Kid A, and they loved it. Um, like They really like that kind of stuff. Um, they are not favorable towards music that I like. Yeah. <laughs> um, they love this album, however. Yeah. Um, a lot of people love this album a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to get some feel for the lyric contents. I was looking up Lyric Genius and stuff. Yeah. And in the annotations, people were very obvious in their ways. Like, this is the second ta- song on their fantastic album. Oh. Or, <laughs> or this song is from the masterpiece, Strawberry oh. <laughs> Jam. And everyone was like... Not like, like high, over it. yeah, it was very evident wow, that, that people love it. So it was so, kind of funny. Um, and before I dive in, uh, it's been mentioned many places, but I'll read this little excerpt from Wikipedia talking about where the album title came from. I don't know if you are yeah, aware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all you do is read the Wiki pa- Wikipedia page. Yeah, and it's there. You know, yeah. Or if you listen to someone else talk about it, I'm sure they'll bring it up because I listened to some other reviews and everybody touched upon it, and everybody um, used verbatim what uh, Panda Bear said about this. Mm-hmm. Even when they weren't referencing this, they used the same terms that he used. So they definitely knew what he said. Yeah. Um, so here's what the Wikipedia page says. I'm directly quoting Wikipedia, who is directly quoting some other people, too. So <laughs> look it up if you want. It's not my own words here. The name Strawberry Jam came from singer and drummer Panda Bear, as he and the band were on a plane headed to Greece for a show. Upon receiving his complimentary tray of food, it's not complimentary. You pay for it. It's, it's in the ticket, guys. Yeah. Um, he opened up the <laughs> packet of strawberry jam that had been re- provided for the bread. As he removed <laughs> the cover of the packet, he was drawn to the look of the glistening jam. 
and he expressed his desire for the production of their new album to sound like the jam looked. That is to say, something that's really synthetic and sharp and futuristic looking, but also tangy and sweet. Almost a kind of aggressive way in terms to the way it tastes. So it makes sense. Sums up the album pretty well. I, I think it does too. Yeah. For better or for worse. Anyways, let's dive into this uh, nine song masterpiece um, journey. I'll say journey. <laughs> journey. Of experimental electronic experimental pop. electronic pop. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the first song, which is my... I'm not giving ratings here because I didn't want to. Yep. Um, didn't want to be mean. Just kidding. <laughs> um, the first song, which is my first recommendation, is Peace Bone. Peace Bone. A Peace yeah. Bone. A this, Peace Bone. This jumps in to the, the sound of the album all in pretty yeah. quick. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you dip your toes and it's just all in. Um, mm-hmm. you, all you hear is Bonefish. <laughs> Bonefish. <laughs> And then this weird, like, Pac-Man sounding electronic thing. Yeah. I just think Pac-Man when I hear it. The yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And it's As just kind of like chaos. Yeah, the, the minimalistic side of, of their music yeah. is definitely comes through in this beginning song. But it slowly pulls together, and then yeah. a drum comes in. Doof, 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 doof. And then a guitar comes in. And then the song structure builds itself out of that. Yeah. Yeah. I think what, what I wish they would have faded in the volume on the drums. So that it just kind of comes in quietly because it just starts coming in quick. But yeah. I, th- this is me nitpicking. They did a good yeah. job at, at, at pulling it together and blending it in anyways. Yeah. Um, if they ever want to go back, that would be a nice thing to do. <laughs> uh, but anyways. Um, Remaster it. Yeah. That, that, that gives the song its shape. It's very odd sounding, but it grew on me a lot quicker than most of the songs on the record. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what this is about. It's got some weird stuff. A piece bone was found in the wing of a dinosaur. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I've... I know what a wishbone is. What's a peace bone? <laughs> um, peace bone I don't know. It's catchy, though. It's got a really, really good range in the vocals, uh, low register in the falsetto, mm-hmm. and you also get a taste for the screams. Yes. A little bit. Not like a ton, but you, you get them on this song for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's definitely not, not as harsh as other bands screaming, but but it's on there. And, it is and still screaming. The though. screams will come later on the album as well. Yes, they will. Um, there are two vocalists. Mm-hmm. Um, one is AV something. I can't remember his code name, <laughs> whatever he is. He's the one who screams. So okay. I'll just call him AV. Uh, the other singer is Panda Bear. Panda Bear. Um, he's got much softer vocals. Um, like I know he sang the, uh, the song on Meriwether Post Pavilion, My Girls. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I have a hard time telling which one is which unless there's screaming going on. Then yeah, I definitely yeah. know who it is. Yeah. It definitely is difficult to tell yeah. which is which. Because they both have a interesting sound, but a lot of people liken Panda Bear to Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys. Oh, really? Like that kind of smoothness, and he can like yeah. go to that high register easily, and, and yeah, kind of have I that, see that smooth, flowing voice. I could see that, but I definitely understand what you're saying about uh, if you like didn't know there were two singers. Yeah, you probably like wouldn't be able to decipher that. Yeah. Just by listening. And granted, if I listened, like if I was uh, a huge fan and I listened to a ton of their stuff, I'm sure I would learn the, the differences. Know. Yeah. Um, but I'm not the hugest Animal Collective fan. I don't know all their stuff. So yeah. uh, it's sometimes difficult for me. Mm-hmm. Moving on to track number two, which is my next recommendation. Oh. Unsolved Mysteries. It's, uh, um, comes in with that weird, uh, I don't know if it's a guitar or some elect- electronic instrument, but that dun, 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 mm-hmm. dun. I'm kind of in like a triple meter. Um no clue what it's about. Um, I hated this song for a long time. Really? Um, but it finally grew on me um, because the second part of the melody, um, it's it's where the, the line comes in, but where are the still unborn who could look at me with one eye? 
Mm-hmm. Um, during that part, you hear this weird bubbly instrument, and it almost sounds like you're underwater, hmm. and it gets kind of less choppy, I guess, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Um, that's like the first part of the melody. It's like that real choppy, dun, 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 dun. Mm-hmm. And then that part kind of gets underwater and kind of more flowy. And I really like that contrast. That's what made me kind of like it a lot. Mm. Um, lyrically, it seems to be about reflecting on childhood and the loss of innocence when you grow up. But I could be wrong. You never yeah. know. Um, there's <laughs> definitely songs later where he talks about that exactly. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's what yeah. this is about. I have no idea what he's talking about concerning Jack the Ripper. Yeah. <laughs> like when he's holding that guy. He's like, he's and suddently Jack it was Jack the Ripper. Ripper. Um, obviously it's important because he repeats Jack it the Ripper. he repeats it many times and yeah. it's the last line he says in this song so yeah. it means something maybe maybe it doesn't I don't know yeah moving no on to track either. number three something I hate chores chores yeah, nobody likes chores um, this song starts off with <laughs> so it kind of leaves you hanging and then gets chaotic real quick yeah uh, so they they do that a lot like the chaotic sounds um, they kind of blast you with all kinds of stuff. Lots of layers in, in Hullabaloo. The song is dancey. Um, yeah, you can dance to it. You can definitely dance to Whenever it. Whenever I listen to it, I normally do just a little little body shake. <laughs> a little bit of shoulder shake. Good. A little bit of head bopping. I can see that. You could do that to this song for sure. Or you go, uh, what was that one movie where it was probably Jim Carrey where he just like did all like this really weird dancing with his arms like flailing everywhere? That sounds like Jim Carrey. I don't know yeah, what that is. I don't is. know what movie it is, but I just... Probably any movie that Jim Carrey's in, he does that yeah. at some point in time. <laughs> I'm picturing that type of dancing to this to this uh, song. He's very emotive with his body. Yes. Um, and with his face. Yeah. Chores. Anyways, Jim Carrey hates chores. Especially <laughs> in Liar Liar, and he'll lie about it. Um, this song talks about how he's got chores and he won't hurt no one. He yeah. also talks about how he wants to get stoned and walk in the rain. Yeah. A, a, lot of, a lot of people... <laughs> Um, on Lyric Genius said that this song was like for the legalization of weed. Oh, really? I don't think so. I think he's just bored and like just that's what he wants to do. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, and definitely like, like I said, it was that kind of like chaotic, f- frantic s- stuff. But then when he talks about wanting to smoke weed and go in the rain when there's no one watching, it yeah. slows down and gets spacey. When there's no one watching. Like maybe after he's uh, partaking in some sweet, you know? Yeah. Maybe. So maybe that's why. Who knows? I don't know. That's just my what I get out of that song. Mm-hmm. I think the people in Lyric Genius are just pressing their own agendas and projecting a little bit. Probably. Those weirdos. I um, mean, what, in 2007, there probably wasn't even a lot of talk about the legalization of... Some, but not as much as it's now. Not as much as it is today, yeah. That's when this album came out, by the way. 2007, 2007 yeah. <laughs> I, I should have mentioned that. My bad. It's all good. Um, track number four is my honorable mention. It's called Four Reverend... Green, as oh, if yeah. there was a, uh, a a person with the last name Green who is in the clergy. Yeah, a clergyman, last name Green. But that's not for Reverend Green. When they do say that, though, however, it sounds like forever in Green, Reverend Green, or forever Reverend. and Green. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure what 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 they're going for there. Um, so many people have different theories. Don't know. There's polyrhythms in this song. Mm-hmm. Um, the drum beat's definitely a solid like four four. But the vocal line is in a 7-4. Um, you can subdivide it like four, one measure of 4-4 four, four, and then one by a 3-4. Yeah. Um, if you don't pay attention to it, you might not notice it. But when you're following the lyrics, you notice that the drum, the downbeat on the drums, the doof, 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 starts to, it's like a doof, 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 doof. Yeah. Like it comes in at different parts. Yeah. 
in the the, the lyrics and it, and you think about it like hmm something sounds a little off and then we start counting you realize why mm-hmm. kind of a cool little little thing yeah whatever you want to call it um, this is the song about uh, the difference between childhood and adulthood like the carefree nature of kids yeah um, like at the very beginning of the song he's like talking about all these like dreary things that he's doing and like the mon- mundane mundanity mundaneness what's the word mundanity Mundan- mundanity we, we coined <laughs> that term um, until he stumbles upon this baby on a bus and the, the baby smiles at him for seemingly no reason. Um, and I think that's what causes him to contemplate, contemplate how easy happiness comes for children. Hmm. Perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah. Um, he really screams that line at the end, though. Forever and green. <laughs> I can't do it. Well, you know what I mean. It <laughs> I sounds like mean, it hurts. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like he's just really screaming. Sounds like he's tearing up his vocal cords. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if he's doing the correct screaming, but he's screaming. Who knows? He's doing something and it sounds cool. <laughs> Um, moving on to track number five. We're already halfway through this album. Halfway Crazy. Through, man. Wow. Um, this song seems to be a lot more relaxed than all the previous songs. Um, again, it's pretty contemplative. Uh, singers trying to find meaning. What's it called? Um, fireworks. My bad. Fireworks. Oh, fireworks. Song's it's great. a popular one. Um, I think he's trying to find meaning in a loved one, but is like having some trouble finding meaning. Hmm. Uh, I don't know for sure or not. Their lyrics are not the most straightforward. They're about no, straightforward they're things, but they're not straightforward in how they, they talk about yeah, it. Yeah, and how they how they phrase all their lyrics, they too. They phrase it kind of abstractly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's hard to really say what it's, what it's about. I don't know. It's also the longest song in the album at 6 minutes and 51 seconds. Yep. Too long, if you ask me, but their creative choice, go for it. Not long enough. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> Let's move on to track number six. This is This is number one. It's not hashtag one. It's pound, pound sign, sign one. Um, this is my favorite song on the album. So number one is track number six. Um, this is my least favorite song on the album. <laughs> uh, the very first time I listened to it, I thought it was an instrumental. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I could hear there was vocals, but I didn't. I thought it was gibberish, and like it was so affected by electronic stuff going on that it was almost discernible. I just thought it was like there for some type of aesthetic. But yeah. There are lyrics. Yep. There are. Um, and because I looked them up, that's why I would consider the song not a skipper. Yeah. Um, if I didn't look up the lyrics, this would be my skipper yeah. for sure. Um, do you know? What have you looked up the lyrics for this ever? Yeah, it's it's a father and a son. Father talking to his son. Yeah, the son's yeah. kind of like having some troubles and like showing a little bit of selfishness at the beginning, like the yeah. mine, mine, whatever yeah. he's saying. Yeah, and the dad just giving him advice yeah. on love, um, on how to deal with troubles, um, all kind of things, taking advantage of time before you lose it. Yeah, so it's it's got a nice message in there. Yeah, I just I really like the uh, the type of effects they put on. I guess the father's voice whenever he says, now son. <laughs> yeah. But you also like instrumentals and weird yeah. spacey things like that weird one instrumental like that. song on Kid A. Was that Tree Fingers? Tree Fingers, yeah. What a great song. The only thing that I like about that is that all the sounds were made on a guitar. That's the only <laughs> cool thing about it. <laughs> that they weren't made on some electronic instrument. Because then it would be too easy. But but yeah, this song, I feel like this song is probably the outlier I agree. On the album. It doesn't have like a, a similar structure to most of the other songs. It's not in your face. It's just kind of like really uh, muted and strange sounding and just like not straightforward, like even less straightforward than the other songs. I agree. It's just there. And then it almost has like a Charlie Brown teacher voice for the dad. Nelson? Nelson? But... Let's move on to what I would consider the best song in the album. Okay. Track number seven is Winter Wonderland. Ah, that's Obviously, also a great song. Obviously, I recommended it if I'm saying it's the best song in the yeah, album. Yeah, yeah. It's a fast one, and though it's definitely not a punk song, 
it's almost, it's almost got a punk feel. It's got that like yeah. fast urgeness to it without mm-hmm. being like the... Abr- it's not abrasive and fast in the way that the other songs were. It's got like a driving beat to it that yeah. almost makes it feel real fast. Yeah. Apparently they were working on this song during the writing of the album Here Comes the Indian, which came out in 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, but they saved it for here. Hmm. Strawberry Jam. I don't know why they held onto it for four years. Who knows? Um, but I probably wouldn't have listened to it if it was on Here Comes the Indian because I don't want to listen to that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Maybe I will one day. I don't know. Um, I like the chorus on the song a lot. Um, He's talking to a person who doesn't believe in fantasy, reigning Mm -hmm. happiness, or dying. If you don't believe in fantasy, then don't believe in fantasy. Don't believe in fantasy. Because it gets you down. Yeah. If you don't believe or die, then because it gets you down. And so it's, he's talking to somebody who is really negative and is like living in denial. And they're like yeah. just ignoring everything because it gets them down. Yeah. Uh, like they're not believing in happiness. Yeah. So obviously they're down. Uh, they don't want to hear about dying because it gets them down. So they're just avoiding things good and bad. Yeah. And I think Sh- a sheltered existence. The lyric is like, if you don't believe you're dying um, or something like that, then then you don't believe you're dying, then I won't talk about dying. Yeah, because something. it gets you down or yeah. something like that. Yeah, but it's it's but, fun. It's a really bouncy song. Yeah, yeah, it definitely um, is. It's it's really really catchy. Yeah, uh, I listened to one review and there was this weirdo who <laughs> weird guy <laughs> reviewing. He's like, "This song is a rager or something <laughs> like that, or a banger," as maybe he called it. A banger. I wouldn't call it a banger, but it's definitely like they're much more like intense, yeah. faster song. I am. If you can call it that, I am curious to still to like if they. I don't think they're still touring anymore. Actually, they probably are, because they just came out with a new album uh, in 2017. If they are, I would have no idea. Um, but if they are, I'd be curious as to what their live shows are like. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just because like I've never, I I haven't gone to a sh- an experimental electronic pop show yeah i wouldn't know what to expect like how many tracks would be played versus how much i don't know how much like they would actually be playing instruments and whatnot it'd be curious to see i i am not their biggest fan but i would be curious to see them live just yeah just to see moving on to track number eight which is the penultimate track this song is called cuckoo 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 apparently the song contains a sample of lieberstrom number three in a flat major by franz list wow what a great pianist <laughs> um crazy piano player yes um it's a i listened to uh lieberstrom number three and a flat major it's a, a very introspective sounding song very flowy piano mm. um nothing crazy like some of his uh etudes or whatever he did yeah um but it's i mean it sounds challenging to play but it's very nice um however the sample that they use is surrounded by a lot of electronic and random sounds um and eventually it gets attacked by this crazy drum thing. <laughs> and the drum's like, it just gets, it, it turns crazy. Yeah. Like, during the piano part where it's like, and he's singing over top of it, it's, it's kind of subdued. And yeah. then the drums in that heavier guitar part come in and it's crazy. Mm-hmm. So you've got those juxtapositions of the, the softer parts and then the real intense parts and like the back and forth. And the back and forth is enough to drive someone cuckoo. Um, but maybe that's how they came up with the title. I don't know. The song's about death. It's hard to tell if it's about like a personal death in someone in the band or if it's about death, death in general. In general. Yeah. Um, some lines lead me to believe that it's about somebody's son who died. Uh, mm-hmm. But other lines make me think, no, it's about someone else or death in general. It's hard to tell. Yeah. Um, either way, it's interesting. Hmm. 
Let's move on to the last song, shall we? Derek. Yes. Track oh, number Derek? nine is called Derek. Derek and it's yeah. also kind of about death. Yeah. It's about his dog named Derek. Oh. Yeah, it was a dog, a Shet... I can't remember what it was. I was going to say Shetland. Shetland pony. But that's, yeah. <laughs> it was something with an S. If you look up the lyrics, it's the very first line he, he says what, what kind of dog it was. Um, the dog was named Derek. So he took care of Derek, but he wishes that he'd been nicer or paid more attention to him. So he's like, he's like, I didn't care for him the most, but you lived okay. Like something like that. Mm-hmm. Was on the lines. Um, he then compares raising the dog to how he's going to raise his child. Uh, like comparing the two. And how I think he's going to say that he's going to do a better job with his family. With his kid. I think I think that's what he's going for. Hmm. Um, this song has a very different feel than a lot of the other songs in the album, too. It's a little softer. Um, and for the most part, less abrasive until the end when he says, you can count on me. Um, there's like a lot more rhythm things that come in and it gets louder at the end. Yeah, it definitely is softer. Yeah. Like, doesn't this... Uh... Isn't like this piano heavy in the beginning? I think so. It's like got some, some sort weird, of key instrument. Some weird thing going on there at the beginning. Yeah. Interesting end of the album. Yeah, definitely. But I think is. it was a good one to end on. Um, in summation of Strawberry Jam, um, this was without a doubt the hardest album for me to listen to out of all the Bruise and Tunes things. Wow. Um, I can honestly say that I hated this album at first. Like the first <laughs> two or three times I listened to it, I was like, why? <laughs> I was like, Lord, take me now so I don't have to listen to this again. Um, so I forced myself. I really f- forced oh, myself. Man. But I also am a firm believer that you can like any music to a degree if you listen to it over and over again. You can find something that you like. Yeah. I um, mean, that holds to be true. Holds I to be listened true. to this a ton and I found things that I uh, no longer hated. And there was even some songs I liked. Yeah. Um, so yeah. in the end, uh, a rewarding listen. I respect what they did. Uh, a lot of bands cited this as an influence. Um, mm. Obviously, it, it shaped some of what has become the mainstream. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. Open opened the doors for some people, I guess. Yeah. It's, maybe it's a gateway into experimental. I don't know. Um, but I really don't have a desire to return to this album too terribly much or to explore any more Animal Collective. <laughs> um, who knows? Uh, I'm proud of myself that I listened to this album. I deserve, as much a, as you did. I deserve an award for that. Yeah, I'll give you a... A beer or something. Okay. And just a quick side <laughs> note. When I was like looking stuff up online, I found that people abbrev- abbreviate uh, Animal Collective as ANCO. Really? Capital A-N-Capital-C-O. All one word. ANCO. ANCO. Every time I saw it, I was like, what is ANCO? It's not that long of a name. Animal Collective. <laughs> ANCO. Animal Collective. I guess it is quite a few syllables less, but is it that many? Uh, four. The only time it's acceptable. Well, you you do what you want. I'm just being picky because it I'm is, salty. It is really weird, though. That doesn't really make any sense. I always just say Anco. Animal it sounds like an Anvil company, like Anco. Yeah. Like, <laughs> say, boys, let's go down to Anco and pick up some more anvils. You to know, sell. you know what this blacksmith parlor would really need is another anvil. Let's go down s- to Anco. <laughs> Did you ever see the Music Man? The Music Man. Um, Where he goes to town to sell all those instruments, and then he plans on leaving town before teaching them. Is that the... It's like a scam. Is that the movie where there's that weird child kidnapper evil guy? I don't think so. Or is so. that... Um, that sounds like Chitty Chitty Bang That's Bang. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yeah, yeah, never mind. Yeah, Music Man. I haven't seen that in a long time. So but I, he sells instruments. Uh, he goes town to town, sells instruments, and promises that he's going to teach the kids the instruments, and he and always he skips leaves. town before that. <laughs> uh, but there's a anvil salesman who's trying to follow him and put a stop to it. Yeah. Because um, everyone always says, what do you do? He says, I sell anvils. And then he drops his briefcase and he goes, dunk, dunk. <laughs> but maybe that's the guy who works for Anco. Yeah. 
What a great movie. Oh, Musical, man. whatever you want to call it. What a... 76 trombones in the big oh, parade. Oh, yeah, that's where that song is from. And a hundred and some cornets right, right behind. behind. <laughs> yeah. Um, I kept thinking of uh, the Candyman. The Candyman can. The Candyman can. Because he mixes it. Was, I was thinking, I was thinking the Music what? Man can. That's Charlie and the Chocolate, Chocolate Factory. Or Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Willy Factory. Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. The book's called Charlie. Whatever. Who cares? Right. What do you think about this beer as it warms up? Um, It still tastes really good. Solid the whole way through. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Fatheads is great. Um, any uh, announcements before we finish this up? Um, I believe we have some one-offs coming up. Well, we also have next week where you're reviewing Bayside's Killing Time. Yes. So that'll Yes. Yeah. There. Look forward to that next week. Um. Let us know if you like um, if you like the episodes being split up this way. Yeah. Um, we just figured it's easier to digest a half an hour episode instead of an hour long episode. Yeah. And you can listen to you can pick and choose which reviews you'll want to listen yeah. to or whatever. Yeah. That, so that way, if you if you like Steve, don't want to listen to to a, an episode about Animal Collective, then you don't have to. Exactly. <laughs> you can skip over it. Yeah. We hope you listen to it though. Yeah, we hope so. Um, um, but yeah, we'll have some. That's next week, and then coming after that, it'll be a one off. Um, I know there's a new posthumous mac miller album coming out that we're definitely going to do one off on yes for sure um, i don't still, know how, how soon but we'll see. we still have to review kid a as well we have to do kid a maybe that'll be the next one off maybe yeah but either way let's uh say we finish these brews let's do it as we always say on american brews and tunes down the fat head hatch Ooh, delicious once again, my name is Steven Johnston. And my name is Jesse Titus. And this is American Brews of Tunes. Here's a theme song. You know it's not a mean song. It's a good song. Just as it should song. American Brews and Tunes. Shibbity-beebity.